Hello, everybody, and welcome to the College Gridiron Show. I am your host, Matt Costantini, back from a little hiatus, but it's good to be here, and I am joined by basically an entire new cast this week. We're trying something out new. We are welcoming back Justin Laughlin to the show and Matt Breenback producing, as always. That's fantastic. So, guys, we're kind of in the dead period of college football now. Season's over. Not a lot to talk about immediately in January. So, we're, we're going to have some fun with today's episode. Um, first and foremost, the thing that's most present and pressing for these college athletes is the NFL draft. And there's a lot of talk going on about the quarterbacks in this year's draft, what some teams might do at the top, trading up, trading down. So let's just get some thoughts. Justin, what what are you thinking here as far as the draft goes? What are, What's your top storyline? My top storyline right now I think is where, obviously for me, what it always comes down to is who with the first overall pick, what who's, what are they going to take? And I think the Cleveland Browns have a really interesting scenario. Right, right now they should take a quarterback. You know, obviously Deshaun Kaiser out of Notre Dame, Posted up great college numbers, but that wasn't able to transition to the NFL. You know, he made rookie mistakes all season long. And Hugh Jackson at different points even was saying, you know, he's my quarterback, but I'm ready to bench him. And when that's going on, you really think that they're going to look to the draft. But I think now, in fact, they're going to free agency. And I think when they look to free agency, then they're going to look to something else in the draft. And I think the thing they do there is go best player available and probably Saquon Barkley. You think they're going to take Barkley at one? Yeah. You don't. You don't think that he might fall to them at four because they are they are picking at one and four, which I is think, unheard of. I think the fact that they, like he is he's available to them potentially at four, but you're talking about the Giants, the Colts, and uh, the Giants and the Colts picking ahead of them, and the Colts have a need at running back. Frank Gore is nearing the end of his career; he can't handle those carries anymore, and they want you know they want Andrew Luck to be the franchise quarterback of their future that they've always wanted him to be. You need a running back behind. You him. don't you don't think that they might take one of those really highly touted Notre Dame offensive linemen to kind of protect Luck, which is what he's needed his entire career? I think potentially Quentin Nelson like could he's definitely available there, but I think Quentin Nelson at the end of the day he's he's a guard. I think in my opinion he's my number one player in the draft. He's by far the best player in terms of the way he plays and how good he projects at the next level. He's nasty in the trenches. And as a pass blocker, he grades out better than any of the tackles in the draft. But what it comes down to is their offensive line is okay. And if you have Saquon Barkley, he doesn't need a great offensive line. You can look to some you know, career veteran offensive lineman in free agency this year. There's some hitting the market, potentially Joe Thomas, some guys that you can sign on two, three-year deals, and then look to the draft to get those game-changing players in the future. So you're talking about Saquon Barkley a lot, and I'm with you that I think he might be the best player in this year's draft. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of looking at the the teams that are left in this year's playoffs. I mean, you're looking at Jacksonville, who took Leonard Fournette in this past year's draft, very high. You see the Cowboys took Ezekiel Elliott very high in his first year draft, and they made the playoffs. So, as a Giants fan, with him sitting there, with probably sitting there at number two, I don't want to say guarantee because you never know what Cleveland might do and who might trade up. But if Cleveland trades down, they're oh my god again. No, please. <laughs> um, I could see the impact that a generational talent at running back can have on a team. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, Jacksonville has been one of the worst teams in the league for the past decade, and the year I know their defense is kind of carrying them. Since but, Maurice Jones Drew left, yeah, and the year they add a impact running back who is supposed to be a generational talent. They make the playoffs, and they're in the conference finals. So I don't really know what to look at that. But the the big story that everyone's going to be talking about is this year's quarterback class. Mm-hmm. You're looking at Sam Darnold, who we have talked ad nauseum on this show, should have went back to school, 
made a mistake. Absolutely is, agree. Will probably not be good at the next level yet. Yeah. I hope he is. He needs time but, to develop. Yeah. So he needs to go to the right situation. Cleveland is not that place. Absolutely not. Um, Josh Rosen is next, who I feel is the best quarterback in this year's draft. I know Mir's going to be upset that I didn't pick Baker, but. Of course he is. Um, and then you're looking at guys like Josh Allen, of course, Baker Mayfield, and then Lamar Jackson. Um, you can may you might be able to throw Mason Rudolph in there. I don't know. I mean, I don't think he's going to project very well at the next level. But this year's group of quarterbacks is so interesting because you're looking at them, and these are guys that could be the face of your franchise for the next 10, 15 years. I mean, oh, absolutely. I mean, I know people are already comparing this to the 2004 quarterback draft with Eli, Ben Roethlisberger, and Phillip Rivers. So. What do we expect here? I think I think out of this situation that you have to look at with those three guys was coming out of school, they were all in contention to be a top ten pick, and I think these quarterback cla- this quarterback class is a top has a couple guys who could be top ten picks, but out of need, not rather out of talent. So I think you look at Josh Allen, like his arm strength and mobility and size is unparalleled. Like it's reminiscent of Carson Wentz, but it's more reminiscent of like you know guys like John Elway, like guys who could stand in the pocket and deliver downfield and like make plays on the run. But they didn't use their mobility to like, like in a way that Michael Vick did. And I think he's a great talent. But at the end of the day, he played at Wyoming. He made a lot of mistakes. He t- turned the ball over a lot, and he hasn't turned the ball over a lot in the way that Jameis Winston has against talented, uh, you know, SEC and ACC secondaries week in and week out. Like he was playing in a division in a conference rather where the talent level wasn't that high, and he really didn't produce at a level that was like elite. And then obviously, you know, Josh Rosen. He's like the prototypical quarterback, everything you want. You know, out of UCLA, started for three years. But, you know, he's had the problems off the field. And I think, once again, his, his, his arm strength isn't, like, at that next level that, you know, that you really look for. And so, for me, I think I got to go with Mir. I think Baker Mayfield is this guy in the draft. But I still don't think that he should be taken by a team in the top ten. I think there's better options in free agency. And I think what it comes down to is that these guys are going to need time to develop. Like, you look at Mitch Trubisky. He's the, the guy, to me, that is most reminiscent of Baker Mayfield. Um, Baker Mayfield is far more accurate. But and Trubisky's, I think, a bit more mobile. But at the end of the day, like they're both competitors, they're both guys who like proved their talent. But Trubisky wasn't able to thrive like with the Bears, and that's a pretty talent. They had some pretty talented pieces on offense, and I think unless Mayfield goes to the right situation and sits behind a veteran quarterback, I don't think he'll ever reach a great level in the NFL. And see, I'm of the opinion that I know a lot of people on this show, especially Mirror, doesn't agree with me. He calls him the next Jay Cutler, but I think Josh Rosen is the best quarterback in this class. I think he is the smartest quarterback in this class as far as his football IQ goes. And just especially because I'm interested in where he's going to get taken because he's being right now kind of mocked to the Giants. But I've been watching some of his some of his college highlights, and some of the throws that he makes are just out of this world. I mean, he fits them into tight spaces. He can make those short, those short, accurate throws. He can hit the deep ball. He's pretty much everything you want. But as you mentioned, those off-the-field issues might scare some teams away. Yeah, I think I think we're reaching a world, particularly in the NFL, where uh, the media gives so much attention to things that happen off the field. You know, you see Reuben Foster arrested for marijuana possession in Alabama, and he was a phenomenal pick. Like, he probably should have been drafted higher in the draft. He was the most productive rookie linebacker uh, of this class, and he made a difference in that uh, 49ers front seven. And at the end of the day, um, with that kind of arrest, you know, like the team might look back and say, you know, maybe we're not going to take that player next time because even though he had great production, there's other guys we could have gotten at that pick. And, you know, with all the other things that are happening off the field, you know, you look at people getting suspended. You look at um, Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys. You look at these guys, they have incredible talent. But these off-the-field issues, teams are starting to look at them as warning flags. So, this is going to be the last thing we talk about here before we move on, but I think more than ever this year, the combine is really going to matter, and you're going to see some of these 
especially because you saw it last year too with the run on quarterbacks that happened. I mean, you saw uh, Kansas City trade up to take Pat Mahomes, who that was kind of a shock. Yeah. And then Deshaun Watson obviously should have been the first quarterback taken and should have been taken no high. No doubt, no doubt. But I think that quarterbacks throughout this combine process and throughout their pro day process are just going to fly up these draft boards mm-hmm. as people realize that, A, we need a quarterback as in – Cleveland, New York, Arizona, and Denver, who are all drafting very high this year and will all take quarterbacks as early as they can get them. And you might see some teams trying to move back. So there's a lot of really good prospects. I think that this is one of the best prospect pool in the NFL draft recently because it's not really top, it's not too top heavy and it's not too full of no names at the end. I mean, you have a lot of good offensive linemen, some good defensive players that we didn't even talk about mm-hmm. because we're so focused on the offense now. Yeah. But. It's going to be really interesting to see this entire process play itself out. And now we're going to kind of move on and transition into the guys who are up next, in a way. This 2018 recruiting class. Um, Not a lot's happened recently. A lot of the signing days have already passed, and some people are just waiting until until the next signing day. Um, There's still two guys in the top ten that aren't signed. uh, Patrick Certain Jr., cornerback, and Devin Williams, an athlete, number nine. So we'll have to see where they end up. But right now, the top classes, the top five at least, is Georgia, Ohio State, Texas, Penn State, and Alabama. So you're looking at Alabama, who just won the the national championship again, already looking poised to repeat with uh, Tua ready to take over from for Jalen Hurts, which is going to be well, we might get to it at some point in talking about spring practice battles. But there are a lot of teams that are looking to just take a stranglehold next year. Yeah, I think the other thing is that a lot of those teams, all those teams we mentioned, were on the cusp of being in the college football playoff, or either were in the college football playoff. And it's rare to see year in and year out, like we've been seeing in recent years, where the same teams who are getting to that next level and playing in you know elite bowls, are playing on New Year's Day and New Year's Eve bowls. Those guys are getting the same the same kind of play, caliber players year in and year out. Like Alabama is a recruiting machine. Nick Saban, no doubt, is a great coach. I'm not necessarily of, of the opinion that he's the best coach on the on field of all time in terms of like strategy or gameplay or decision making sometimes but i think his ability to generate a recruiting machine at alabama was is is unprecedented the way he you know like not breaks the rules but bends the rules and plays the game that the ncaa like almost doesn't let you play to recruit is incredible and then you look at the same thing uh you know davos sweeney's doing that kind of at the same thing in clemson and Urban Meyer at Ohio State, like he just finds a way to get guys. He gets guys from New Jersey, he gets guys from California, he gets guys from Texas. All these schools that have, all these states rather, that have a lot of talent and have schools that are closer that kids could go to, and he gets them to come to Ohio State because he knows that those guys will play at the next level. And you were talking about Alabama, and I want to look at Georgia right now. They have six five-star prospects that are joining their team. And I, I know they added another quarterback. Uh, the, he, they added the number one overall player in this year's draft, dual-threat quarterback Justin Fields from Kennesaw, Georgia. So, and, and then you look at the other teams like Clemson. They have three players in the top five signed. Like, they're, I'm not sure if this is a good thing or a bad thing for college football that you're seeing all these powerhouse teams already that are just continuing to dominate the recruiting field. And I'll just quickly run out the top ten recruiting classes. We have Miami at six, Oklahoma, followed by Notre Dame, Clemson, and Auburn. So these are the blue bloods of college football that are really just getting richer and it kind of it's kind of going to show that there's going to be a lot of top heavy teams at the top and then you'll look at more kind of mediocrity at the end mm-hmm. yeah i think i think at the end of the day what it comes down to is that 
a lot of players today care so much about getting to that next level. Like, we're seeing the effects of concussions on the field. We're seeing people really care about playing in the NFL. You look at the way Leonard Fournette played throughout his career at LSU, or the way Jadavian Clowney played. Like, people want to play at that next level. And when you want to play at that next level, the best thing to do to put you in that position is to go to a, to go to a school, probably in a Power 5 conference, that's going to compete every year for a conference title. And that's why people are going to these schools. And also, um, until other schools start to – you know, prepare these guys to play in the NFL and start to really compete. We're just seeing like, you know, these kind of the top ten percent of college football rule it, and that's going to remain to be the case unless recruiting can change. So, I kind of you kind of mentioned the Power Five, and we might go off on a tangent here, but I know you haven't been around to talk about this. What did you make of UCF? They weren't in a Power Five conference, and a lot of people thought they got snubbed. What were your thoughts there? I think I think UCF in a way, deserve to be in the national title and, and to contend for a national title by playing in a college football playoff. At the same time, you're talking about a team that didn't have the strength of schedule remotely comparable to the four teams that made it. And there's a lot of teams that were on the outside that finished in the top ten. You know, you look at Penn State, you look at Ohio State, teams that didn't make the playoff that were, in fact, really, really, really good football teams. And that if they played you know, UCF on any other given Saturday – that game's a toss-up, probably in the favor of, you know, Penn State or Ohio State, or in that case, Wisconsin, you know. And UCF, you know, they had a lot of talent. They were really exciting. They were fun to watch, but they're an AAC school, and it just it's not the same thing. And I think, you know, if this happens again for a year or two, UCF maybe gets, gets into a different conference, maybe somehow winds up in the SEC, winds up in the ACC, something to that effect. Or, you know, we start to see the playoff either open up to more games or we're just going to see how the way the voters change things. But... I honestly understand that they weren't outside the top ten. I don't think they should have declared themselves a national champion. I think it's funny, but I think at the end of the day, it's just that. It's just a joke. Yeah, I mean, they let their kids have a good time. I mean, take them to Disney World, celebrate the Peach Bowl win, but trying to have, like, a parade for a national championship and calling themselves the real national champions, that's just it's a little too far yeah, exactly. for me. But so now we're going to do what a lot of people hate out of guys like us. It's time to do way, way, way too early rankings for next season. Uh, we might do a top ten. We might just keep it to five just to, just to be a little bit more in-depth. But I think that, that this past season alone showed that there isn't going to be much change within a top ten to start the season. There might be some teams that fall out or that move in just based on who they are. But... Justin, who do you who do you see as the very very best team in the land next year? The very very best team in the land. I mean, I have to go. I have to go Alabama. Like in terms of raw talent, they're ridiculous. Like Micah Fitzpatrick. I remember seeing Minta, he's going to obviously play on the next level, and he's probably the most complete safety coming out of this class, other than Derwin James. And I remember seeing him play in high school, and he literally was taking away like the the, the latter half of the field, like not taking away any of the sides, but just taking away the entire deep half. And his ability to play all over the field, like that's what Nick Saban does to players. He takes players who are good at one, two, three things in high school, and he develops them into these Swiss Army knives. You know, they start out playing special teams a lot their freshman, sophomore year, and they stay for three or four years. And that kind of talent happens every year at Alabama, and it's not going to stop. You look at, you know, you were talking earlier about Jalen Hurts and Tua, and it's like he came, you know, he threw what, 56, 57 passes coming into that game? And then he threw three touchdowns or yeah, three for two and rushed for one, like in the uh, national championship. That kind, that kind of talent doesn't just happen. And, and a half. And, exactly. That's not a game. That's a half. That's a half. And we're talking about Jalen Hurts, a guy who, you know, like, was a freshman All-American. This guy rushed for he's – he's rushed for over 30 career touchdowns, you know? He's a phenomenal dual-threat quarterback. He would start at any other program in the country. That's without a doubt. That's a fact. And 
Um, Tua just came in and played really well, and I think that's the same thing that Alabama just has that next man up mentality. Other than them, I think it's Oklahoma. I think Kyler Murray, but I think it's oh, Alabama. if only Mir was here to hear you say that, he would. I'm not sure how he would react. He might he might be a little nervous that you're already picking them to be good, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm 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 down with Alabama being number one. I think they show that they are, and. I think it's going to be an interesting battle to watch to see who kind of takes the lead at quarterback if if they decide to keep to stay with Jalen Hurts or if he might decide to transfer somewhere else or or take a back seat. Who knows? He's a team player. We saw that mm-hmm. in the national championship game. Absolutely. But Tua showed that he deserves to at least be looked at very severely and strongly to be the starter. And they are losing a lot of good players. You mentioned Micah Fitzpatrick. They're losing Calvin Ridley. They're losing a lot of good players on defense. But they're bringing a lot of good players back. They're bringing back Damian Harris and Najee Harris, two of the best running backs that I saw last year. But I think number two, I'm actually going to go with Georgia. I think I think the one and two is going to stay the same way it was this year with the one and two ending the season at least with Alabama and Georgia. I just think the team they're bringing back and the player, like we mentioned, the players they're bringing in are so good. I mean, Jake Fromm showed that he's that he's a superstar and can take over any game he wants. They are losing their their monster running back duo of Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle, who I I personally think Sony Michelle is going to be the better one of the two at the next level. Yeah, I agree. But. I mean, and they also, and recently, uh, Roquan Smith declared for the draft, so they're losing another big piece on defense. Mm-hmm. But they have Calvin Ridley's little brother uh, Riley, who kind of outshone Calvin in the championship game. For yeah, a little he, bit, he's a, he's a phenomenally explosive yeah. athlete. So I think that this team, that this Georgia team, is still going to be really poised to be at the top next year. Who else? Well, please. I I think. I think I think George is good, but I think what you said earlier, you know, you're talking about Sonny, Mich- Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb. We're talking about two guys who are both at different points All-American running backs in the SEC going up against top 25 front sevens every week in and week out. These are two guys who are going to get drafted and probably in the first three rounds, force for force for four rounds, depending on their how how their combine how their combine goes. And I think, you know, I think that's a huge thing to lose. Jake Fromm is a good quarterback. He can elevate a team. They have good, you know, they have good athletes on the outside, but I think what it's going to come down to is that, you know, uh, I think I think that running back duo like that combined they combined for almost three thousand yards this year. You know, that's a huge chunk of offense to like to to move. They're losing some offensive linemen. They're losing you know linebackers in their front seven, and I think I think that that team is not going to be the same. So I think I look to Alabama and I think Oklahoma, other than Baker Mayfield, hasn't really lost you know too many key players. So who do you see as the next team up like that in that number three spot? Uh, I think next team up, honestly. Probably either Ohio State or total toss up. I think UCF. I think Clemson has a down year. Clemson's going to probably have the nastiest, the nastiest front four the ACC has ever seen. But I think Clemson has a down year, and I think UCF takes the world by storm. I think you know they're returning their quarterback. They're ret- returning you know most of their offensive linemen. You know they're losing Shaquille Griffin, and you know he's or Shaquem Griffin rather, brother of Shaquille who plays for the Seahawks. And Shaquem is really good. He's an on-field leader, and he posted solid numbers. But he didn't have the year he had when he was a junior. When he was a junior, he had almost twenty. He had twenty-five, twenty-four tackles for a loss and ten and a half sacks. Last year, he played more like middle linebacker. And as good of a presence he was in the middle, they have the talent that can step up. And the recruiting class is shockingly good. You know, they're getting guys. There's talk of players, you know, from Florida, from who are committed to Florida and Florida State, decommitting going to UCF because they're looking at UCF and saying this team can compete. They can compete now. And Florida and Florida State, we both saw quarterback problems. You know, like team problems, people leaving, people getting dismissed. Oh, Florida State has way more problems than can we can even talk about. On exactly, this show. exactly. Oh my God. 
So I'm actually going to go with Clemson as the next game out because I know you're down on them, but they're they're really not losing a lot of pieces. A lot they're a really good player. I know Christian Wilkins uh, isn't going to declare for the draft, and along with some other members of that defensive line that are just ridiculous. And the rest of that front seven, I think, is all coming back. So that's wild. And I think you're going to see Kelly Bryant kind of take it the next step. I know that Trevor Lawrence, the number two overall player in this year's recruiting class, is coming in and is probably going to push him a little. But I think that you're going to see him kind of take that role and be better than he was this year. Don't get me wrong, he wasn't bad, but he'll be better is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, he posted 13 touchdowns, 8 interceptions this year, and you know, obviously, like that's good. He put, rushed for eleven touchdowns. He's a great athlete, but I think, I think that that's not going to transition. I think you look at guys like that. I think you look at Brandon Wimbush. I think he's a better Brandon Wimbush. He's a guy he can beat you with his legs and he can make plays with his arm. But when it comes down to it, he can't beat you with his arm, and that's what you need to do to win titles. And I don't think that's going to happen. So, we kind of did a top three, and then just ran out your top five for us real quick. Uh, the round out my top five, I'd say, uh, probably Ohio State and Georgia. See, I'm glad that you brought up Ohio State because I'm I'm going to be down on them this upcoming season because if you look, take a look at some of the guys that are losing this coming season for the, to the draft and just graduation, per, uh, to be fair, JT Barrett, their starting quarterback, Sam Hubbard, all, All-American defensive lineman, Jerome Baker, All-American linebacker. So these guys that were so key to them being just this close to making the playoff aren't going to be there next year. And, yes, they're still Ohio State. Yes, they're still going to be the cream of the crop in the Big Ten because who knows what Michigan's going to be, who knows what Michigan State's going to be. I personally think that Wisconsin is the best team in the Big Ten, and they will show that next season because if it wasn't for that game against Ohio State where it came down to the wire, they would have been in the playoff, and we would be talking about a totally different outcome to the season than Alabama winning. So, personally... I'm not I don't really know how well they're gonna do, but we don't know that. And then I'm gonna finish out my top five with Oklahoma as well as um yeah, let's throw Georgia in there. No, not Georgia, excuse me, they're my number two team. We're gonna throw Wisconsin in there. So that's our way too early top five, at least. Give me one team that you think is gonna surprise or you know what? Give me give me two teams. One that's going to surprise and one that's going to disappoint. I think one team that's going to surprise. Um, it sounds weird to say this, but Penn State I think is going to surprise. I think Penn State. A lot of people are looking at them. They're not the best team in the Big Ten. Objectively, they're not. Um, they're losing their best player, Saquon Barkley, who's probably the best running back talent of one of this of this generation, other than Leonard Fournette. Probably, um, he's a phenomenal player, and. They, you know, they've, there's been offensive coordinator turmoil, turnover rather. You know, Joe Moorhead leaving, leaving to go coach at Mississippi State. Shout out Joe Moorhead. Yeah, Hell State. Um, and then I think, I think at the end of the day, like though, I think Trace McSorley. People sleep on him. That kid. I've been saying that for weeks. People talk now. about Baker Mayfield having swag. Trace McSorley balls. That man has a presence on the field like no one else I've ever seen. Like when you talk about college athletes who probably won't make it at the next level, he's a good example. But he's the kind of kid, he's a gifted ball player. He knows how to make plays. He can extend plays better than anyone I've seen since, honestly, since Robert Griffin. In the terms, in the way, not that he moves in the pocket, like, you know, on, on quarterback design runs, but the way he scrambles and makes throws down downfield, it reminds me kind of a Johnny Manziel. Um, but he looks he looks better doing it. He looks more like he has, you know, a good idea of where, he, where he's going. He doesn't lock down on receivers and stare down people and just lob it up to Mike Evans, you know. He distributes the ball 
and I think that Penn State offense is dangerous. And Penn State's defense is nothing to sleep on. Uh, they have a lot of talent coming up, and I think I think they could be contenders next year. And then who do you who do, who do you think's gonna like just not perform as well as they should? Uh, perform not as well as they should. I I think Notre Dame. Notre Dame's gonna be a disappointment. I think people people think oh you know they had such a great year. Quentin Nelson, Mike McGlinchey are leaving. Uh, Josh Adams is leaving. Equinemia St. Brown is leaving. Those are your four best players on your offense. Uh, Brandon Wimbush, he's not a reliable quarterback, and we don't really know that much about Ian Book. So I'd say that offense goes to garbage, and I think Brian Kelly leaves after next year. Yeah, I mean, I was calling for Brian Kelly's job early on this season. but Me as well. It, yeah, I, I mean, who as knows? As a Notre Dame fan, it was very, very but, disheartening. Um, just real quick, because I think we're running out of time here. Breen's kind of giving me that signal. Um I think that uh, a team that's going to do better than people think they are is going to be Virginia Tech. I think that they're going to have a real good shot in the ACC being wide open because I do not think Miami is that good of a team, and they showed they are not that good of a team. And I think Josh Jackson, he kind of hit a little bit of a freshman wall in 2017 after he came out on fire. I think he's I think he's got a little bit of RG3, a little bit of Lamar Jackson in him. A little, yeah. Uh, fantastic he, he's some athlete. kind of athlete. Oh, my God, he's fantastic. You know, I think he's a better passer than them as well. I think so, and you know, I'm not, I'm not picking Arizona to be a good team, but a player to watch is going to be Khalil Tate, their Absolutely. quarterback. Oh my god! Like I was talking to him the way he runs, here. it's like a running back. Yeah, it's wild. That that kid is so good for what do you have like 320 yards his first like game? That, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm big on Virginia Tech this year. Um, like I said, the ACC should be wide open outside of Clemson, who's going to be the monster again. But and a team that I don't think is going to do that well, and like, I don't know if this is even like going out on a stretch, but I think it's going to be USC. I think they're going to be on a downswing after losing Sam Darnold, who who has led them these past two years. And they, they're also losing Ronald Jones, Deontay Burnett, who were basically the linchpins of their offense. And I don't know if the guys they have coming in behind them are, are going to be able to step it up. Again, the Pac-12's week, you're going to be looking at Stanford again. You're going to be looking at Washington and Jake Browning's last season who will like to ball out to be the number one quarterback in next year's draft. But yeah, I think I think Jake Browning is probably going to be like uh, uh, he people don't think that he can contend for the Heisman. I think it's between him and uh, Trace McSorley at this point. Yeah, I that I that's I'm I'm with that actually. I'm I might throw in um man's name from Wisconsin running back. Why Jimmy Sullivan's going to be so mad at me, but he he's going to yeah. be up there. Um but yeah, so guys, that's all we have for this week. Uh, it was a good show. Not a lot to talk about, but I think we made yeah, the most of it. It was a great time. Good to be back. Good, good first show back. We, Of course, we were welcoming back Justin Laughlin, Matt Breen doing a great job producing. I was your host, Matt Costantini, and we'll talk soon.